Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. Let me get this food out my teeth. So, as some of you all might have seen on the Instagrams, I've been having vocal cord issues, so I'm going to have to take a little pause. But in between time, in the meantime, in between time, I'm trying to still give you all some content just, you know, in the form of a little more travel size. So... Bear with me. Your girl's trying to get healthy and get her shit together so that she can continue to do the work that I'd be doing. You know, the side effects of the check-in. <laughs> Somebody like DM me and I think they meant to DM someone else. I'm not sure. Anyways, they were like, have you heard Amanda Seals on her podcast? She sounds depressed <laughs> and very perceptive. Yes, I was depressed. But the way my depression works is... Exactly like that. It'll just come in like, and we're here. And then I kind of got to ride that wave. But there are things that I can do to affect how the wave gets ridden and to speed up the wave crashing on the shore and it being over. And I wanted today to talk about some methods of self-care that I implement and just talk about them in a different way. I feel like a lot of times we talk about it in a very like instructional fashion, but you know, I ain't really instructional like that. So I just wanted to like speak my experience to you all. So let me first, let me say that I don't know how anyone's not in a depression right now. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's, I told Charlamagne, I was like, I'm, I'm sad and I'm scared. And he was like, well, I mean, who it, like, who isn't right? Because it feels like that is a very logical response to the uncertainty, the death, the not just the physical death of people, but the death of our planet, um, the death of intellect, you know, like all of these things. I mean, it's a lot of loss. And so it's only rational that you would feel that and feel the, the weight of that. So I say all that to say, though, that those things that we're discussing that are causing that don't seem to be coming to an end anytime soon. So it becomes, well, how do you then manage? How do you adjust? How do you reflect, you know, et cetera. And it's wild sometimes how like things that you just didn't consider ended up becoming a source. So I was talking to my homegirl and I was just telling her how I was feeling. And she was like, oh, you should check out this podcast called Ghost of a Podcast. And it's by a Canadian Hannah named Jessica Lanyadu. And she's an astrologer. She's a medium. She's got a couple different like titles that she, you know, works within in the spiritual space. She's cool as hell. Again, like I said, she's a Hannah. So she's giving the whites who don't know what it is, the business. Okay. She's definitely somebody who is tapped into the realities of things and responsibilities. And she did this episode and in it, she was just talking about how like the way the planets were aligned in the last three or week, three weeks or so really like brings about like your abandonment issues. It really brings about your feelings of loneliness. And she said a line that got me off my couch and she said, don't abandon yourself. She said, don't abandon yourself. And she was like, you know, I know a lot of us, we start to feel very downtrodden when we feel like severed from, you know, people we love, et cetera, or when we feel like we're not being wanted, et cetera. And she was like, you need to belong to yourself. 
And in the podcast, she talks about like how that manifests. And without me taking away from her listen, I think you should go and listen to episode 138 of Ghost of a Podcast by Jessica Lanyadu. And you know, listen, podcasts are podcasts, but ever so often you stumble upon someone saying something like super duper profound and you got to share that shit. I know a lot of y'all have told me when you've done that with my work and I really feel honored by that. So I just wanted to honor her because she got me off my fucking couch. She got me off my couch and I pulled myself down to my punching bag and I beat the shit out of that. I beat the shit out of it. And what I was beating up was I was beating up the last toxic relationship I was in. I was beating up the toxic relationship that we're in with the nation. I was beating up just, you know, the feelings that I had that I didn't want to have. And I know that it sounds like, well, what do you, well beating them up isn't a good thing. But what happens is, is it's release. So instead of me beating them up inside, like Harambe, I was beating them up on the outside. And I'm, I mean, immediately I started to feel better. Now, here's the thing about when you're in a low, when you're in a funk, when you're in a depression, the rational things that you need to do to feel better just become, they feel so arduous. Thinking about them just feels like impossible. You know, it feels like, I mean, I could do that, but ugh. And also, and we're going to talk about this later when we revisit side effects of toxic relationships, but also I feel like you also kind of have a certain chemical, and this is not scientific, this is just my thoughts. You have a certain like chemical reaction that's going on within you that, okay, have you ever seen, there's a parasite that gets in rodents that makes them not afraid of cats because I think it's something like cat saliva fertilizes the parasite. There's some connection that the way it works in the fucking animal kingdom is that it gets into the, the body of a rodent, uses the body of a rodent as a host to bring it to the predator of that rodent, which ends up activating the parasite in some sort of way. And it feels like when you're in a depression, like you have that parasite in you that is keeping you beholden to your predator instead of like telling you to run the other way. And so what I want to talk today about is like five things that I do to try and like shake that parasite down and get my legs moving again to run away from the nastiness, the depression, the the mindfuck going on in my head and run toward getting grounded. Because I was just telling Rebecca and Brendan how... When I'm in a depression, what it feels like, like I'm a solid person, so I'm always anchored, but it feels like I'm tethered, but I'm off the ground and I'm just floating like like a kite that's just out of control. It's just like floating. And my mom always says, pull the kite in, man, pull the kite in. And she used to say that in reference to kind of like when my ideas would get a little too like all over the place and she would be meaning like pull it in so you can get more of a control over it. But it also feels like it applies to when I'm in my depression mode because it feels like I'm just a kite just going across the sky on the winds of change, on the wheels of a dream. And like I have no control over it and that shit feels wild. When I'm out of my depression, it feels like my feet are planted solidly on the ground. And I can feel, it's literally like it'll happen overnight. Like I'll just wake up and they'll be like, you're back, bitch. I'm back in the game. I'm back in the game. I'm back in the game. Back in the game. Should I be talking and singing like that? No. But I also was thinking about the fact that like, part of my depression is also the fact that like, I haven't been able to sing. I haven't been able to sing in like months. 
that shit is depressing. So for those of you all out there who feel like your kite's waving in the wind, you are not alone. That is a very common and understandable feeling right now. And I just want to offer up some things that may help plant your feet back on the ground. So to make it easy, (laughs) what I've done is I've put together a list. Manda's five M's of self-care. See what I did there? Alliteration. So we're going to talk about music, movement, movies, mind power, and munchies. First, music. I don't know about y'all, but like when I am low, I kind of start doing the low music thing. You know, it's a lot of Fiona Apple, a lot of Fiona Apple. And it makes you indulge. It makes you feel like, oh, I'm really going there. You know, I'm really in here. But, and again, this is that parasite thing. Like I know that if I listen to certain music, I will feel better. I know that. And sometimes I will literally just like be the obstacle. And I've been trying to, like when I'm in a good space, set up ways in which I can activate that without a lot of effort so that the next time that I'm in a bad space, it doesn't require enough effort for me to like not do it. So I make playlists called Get You In A Good Mood Playlists. And they're very accessible, like whether it's on iTunes or Amazon Music or whatever. So that I can really like just one button. Like there's no excuse I can give myself to not like do it in the physical sense. Now the mental sense you give yourself is like, I want to listen to that happy shit because I'm in a happy place. But it's still just an extra effort that you make for yourself to like get yourself going. And like some of the songs on my Get You In A Good Mood playlist are Building A Ladder from Hiatus Coyote, are Brenda Russell, A Little Bit Of Love, Earth, Wind & Fire, Ever Wonderful, Stevie Wonder, As, Toby Lou, Buff Baby. These are just songs that are so goddamn happy that I feel like they talk to like your protons even when you're not able to. And they're just like, man, this is our jam. Oh, Shaka Khan, love you, I love you. Yeah. Like that, that's going to get you out. It's going to get you in a better place. And, you know, when I heard someone say the other day on our podcast, like, I think it was Layla. Layla Starr was saying her mother doesn't like music. And I was like, how? And I dated somebody who didn't like music. And I was like, we're not going to work out because I just feel like music is so much of an integral part of how I connect with my own feelings. And so if you're one of those people, you know, just know that sometimes we can weaponize music against our own mind. We can. And that's what I'm doing when I'm sad and I'm listening to Fiona Apple. Like I'm weaponizing Fiona's words. (laughs) Like the song is called Sullen Girl. So you don't need to listen to it when you're sullen, comma, girl. Next on my list of thems for wellness and self-care, movement. Now, 
You know, people will tell you like dance, like no one is looking and it's like, great, 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 great. But also if I don't feel like fucking dancing, how am I going to do it? Me getting up and boxing the other day literally was the turning point to me getting out of this depression. I know that. I know it. Like it's unquestionable. And I want to remember that next time I'm in the low, but I already know what's going to happen. I'm going to be there like, yeah, but because that's the depression. Depression tells you like, yeah, but it's probably not going to work this time. So you're like, how do I encourage myself to move when I'm in a low or just in my regular self-care? And it's like, I think a lot of us make movement really workout based. And sometimes it's really just as basic as like getting up and walking around, not even just necessarily going for a walk, just like getting up and walking around. And in the middle of that walking around, something I do is I put post-it notes all over my house that have affirmations. And it kind of becomes where you have these like affirming checkpoints around your house. And listen, we're at a time where we're in our house all the goddamn time right now. So what better time to do this? Maybe you're like, I'm not a post-it person, but maybe you're an image person. Maybe you like images. Maybe, you know, images empower you, or maybe it's plants, you know, but it's like creating ways in which you can move that don't make you feel like you got to like muster up the power of a thousand Aztec sons to do it. I will say that the dog has been helpful because at the end of the day, like I got to take the dog out. I got to take the dog on walks, et cetera. And that just by nature, like gets you moving. But you know what really ended up being the thing that turned me up? Running in my house. Like I know depending on the space you're in, like, so like my house is kind of open So I don't have a lot of corners. So I was able to kind of like create like a through line. And I would just, I started just running that shit, sprinting it. And I found myself like getting happy while I was doing it. And I ended up only doing it because we couldn't go outside because the earth is on fucking fire, literally in LA. And it was so smoky outside that we couldn't go outside. And I didn't want to take in the smoke for myself or for the dog. So I was like, I got to get him running somehow. So me and Jordy was in here doing sprints. And while I was doing it for him, it ended up like cheering me up. But then it made me feel like, yo, I need to share this with folks. Because even if I was in a smaller space, like I would figure out how to move in that space. But again, I want to bring it back because I know what it's like to feel unmotivated and I know what it's like to feel uninspired. And it's not a time where you're like, let me figure out how to move in this space. It's like, let me figure out how to do as least as possible. In that moment, challenge yourself to be like Black Mamba of Kill Bill. Remember when she was in that car? In the back of the pussy wagon, she had to wiggle that toe. Wiggle your big toe. And then she wiggled the motherfucking toe. This is, of course, after she went and got a Hatorihonzo sword. But that's the whole other thing. Challenge yourself to just try and wiggle your big toe. Listen, again, I'm talking off my head, but I'm sure there's been studies on this. It's like, how do you try and distract yourself from the shit that you're upset about? Not even upset. Upset is the wrong word. How do you try and distract yourself from the low that you're in to pull yourself out? And you give yourself like little goals. Wiggle your big toe. 
Wiggle it. That's the first thing you got to do. Wiggle it just a little bit. I'm pretty sure it's jiggle it, but for the sake of this podcast, we're going to wiggle it just a little bit. Uh-huh. And you go from that toe. Now you're going to wiggle all the toes. Make it like a fan. Like my man's daughter was on FaceTime the other day. He was like, what did you learn in school today? And she was like, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. So we gathered that she learned how to count. But this movement right here, I want you to do it with your toes. Do it with your toes. Then I want you to start moving that calf muscle. Also, this feels very fresh to me because my mother had replacement knee surgery and she had to do shit like this. And then you start bending the knee. And then it just starts feeling like, yo, I'm really in here just like moving my legs around. And then you're like, wait, I actually have a whole body that can move. And then you're doing like body waves and whatever the case, nothing is too small when you feel like you can't like get moving. So movement is big because when you get your blood pumping, you get your legs going or you just get your body going, right? Let's not be ableist. You just get your, 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 your body going if you're able to. It is that motility that also speaks to your emotional sense that you can move beyond the limitation of your low. Next, we have movies. Now, you're probably like, what, what are you talking about? Well, it kind of goes along with the music. You know, there will be days when I was like first out here in LA and I was having to do all these meetings and auditions. I would just go and watch a movie because I was like, at the end of the day, I was just so tired of like talking about myself and like being in that space that it was like an escape. It was a nice escape to be in another space. And that's what movies do. Like they allow you to be separated from the world that you're in and go into this other space and just get out of it. And I think sometimes we just underestimate the power of movies because at this point now it's become so much of a money-making event and it's become just so much about features and these like big like blockbuster hits that, you know, we don't remember that like on a basic level, movies are about telling stories and about getting the opportunity to go into another world similar to a book. So being able to do that. And now we have these streaming services and we just have so many options at our hands. Like even if you don't have any of these streaming services, you can still watch movies on YouTube. And, you know, it's like you make a choice not to watch that. Don't watch that documentary on pig farming. It's going to kill you. Okay. I'm going to tell you now, but it might be good to watch the avatar again. It might be good to get onto that different world again. It might be good to watch When Harry Met Sally and basically any Nora Ephron film. (laughs) Um, You know, so I know it may seem trite to suggest movies, but the other thing is that, you know, there are movies that for a lot of us who are movie, even if you're not a movie like buff, there's just movies that you like, that you know that when you watch them, you feel good. And like, I know that when I watch Harry Potter movies, I'm going to feel good. I'm not, I know that when I watch The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, I'm going to feel good. And I'm about to watch The Hobbit today, okay? okay. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And I will tell you, like, different things have gotten me out of depressions different times. This time, it was that podcast. And ultimately, it was me getting up and moving and punching my way out of this 
glass cage of emotions that I was in. But there's been other times where it's literally just like watching a sequence of films that get me into a better place because they take place from a good place. And I mean, I guess, you know, there's a world in which I can try and create some supplementing materials to go along with this, you know, that you all can indulge in. Like some other films that I feel like are just like good films to watch, like Coco, man. I know you won't cry at the end, but for the majority of the film, like it's just a beautifully done film and it's honest and it's jovial. House Party. House Party will take you to a good ass place. Slumdog Millionaire. Let me tell you why. Because it indulges your depression while still giving you the happy ending. Right? And that's like the best of both worlds. That's the best of both worlds. Don't watch Tyler Perry films if you are annoyed by bad wigs. Because it's going to bring you into a depression. It is. But these are all like the type of things that I watch that have helped me in the past and that I'm sure will help me in the future. And I'm hoping that they will help you all as well because they help you divert from just staring at your inner vision to getting an escape into somebody else's. Next, we got mind power. Mind power can be a tough one because I think a lot of us don't really truly know our power. We don't really truly embrace the real understanding that like we control our minds, not the other way around. And, and, and then in some cases that is not the case, but if you are not, you know, clinically um, diagnosed, a lot of it is things that you're taking in and internalizing from the outside and you're letting, letting is not the word I want to use. You're not giving yourself enough credit for how you can process that information to be better for you. And a lot of us also don't realize that the people we're around may not be the best at helping us process that information either. You know, like we find ourselves oftentimes connected to people who have our same ideals, values, but also who have our same wounds. And so they may not necessarily be, you know, the best at that either. But when you meet other people that don't indulge in negativity, when you meet people that help support each other in new practices of maintenance and thriving, it changes you, yo. And it's not an easy change. I want to also say that because sometimes people feel like, well, then you should be able to do that. And it's like, no. And we'll talk about this again in toxic relationships. Like it's not always easy to change for the better. I'm telling you, I literally had an ex tell me in order for me to be with you, I would have to be a good person and I, I'm not, and I don't have the capacity to make the change that I would need to in order to be with you. And like, that's a decision. But I think a lot of us underestimate our powers and the reality that we can make a decision to like think differently about things, which changes how we react to things and how we interact with the things that we come into contact that bring us into a low. And the ways in which we, you know, affect that mind power, empower that mind power are addressed in like some of these things that I'm talking about. I know Brendan and Rebecca, you know, they were really like just trying to encourage me to do activities that are not attached 
to work or that are not attached to being like confined. The irony in that is this, what they were suggesting was essentially me doing activities that were emboldened by being the kite floating in the wind. You know, because when I'm painting and I'm just painting for, for myself and for free, being the kite in the wind enhances that. You know, when I'm DJing, being the kite in the wind enhances that because it breaks me from the limitations of feeling like I got to play this record next because it's in this genre, you know, and it's this BPM, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you do that, you're flipping a negative into a positive. And anytime you can do that, it, it, it's exponentially effective in terms of shifting your space because one of those ways is that it shows you like, oh shit, I do have power. And I needed to remember that because I was feeling powerless and I was feeling hopeless and now I'm down here. So that activity, there may be like that one thing that tips you over into a better place, but all of these different things are moving you. They're, they're creating the motility towards that. And um, when they were on me about that, I heeded their advice and I, I went and painted. Y'all saw me paint after Chadwick Boseman passed. Like I was, I was going into, I, I was spiraling and I stopped myself from spiraling lower than I'd then I even went by going to paint and maybe you don't have artistic ability and you're like, okay, well, well then what's my version of painting? Maybe it's gardening. Maybe it's vision boarding. Maybe it's cooking, but it's something, it's something that isn't attached to anything other than bringing you joy. That's ultimately what it is. Finding the things that aren't attached to anything other than they make you happy to do it. And that can also be its own journey, right? Because sometimes you might be like, well, that's giving head. I mean, I love giving head. And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's explore that. Because the other thing is that sometimes we have things that we think bring us joy. And when we really explore it, we're like, is me drinking all that wine really bringing me joy? Or is it really bringing me numbness? So there's that. But... You may already know what's your joy, your joy. I got to come up with some like catchy term for that. Um, with your, with your pockets of joy. You may already know what your pockets of joy are. And if you do, you know, you want to tell your friends what those are so that when you're in that space and you're feeling unencouraged and you're feeling very encumbered, they remind you of those things and they encourage and encumber you to do them. So that's, you know, that's one thing I didn't list, but you in that mind power have the ability to help yourself by letting folks know how they can help you. And I tweeted that the other day and I said, a lot of times we, you know, we don't know how to help our friends. That's fine. But you know, you ask like, how can I show up for you today? Now as a friend, don't ask that shit every motherfucking day either. (laughs) You know, get creative. You know, like I'm going through some shit right now and I feel like my friends don't know what to do. Like they don't, like they, they are like, we can't talk to you on the phone. So then what do we do instead? And I'm just like, text me, text me, send me gifts. Send, well, gifs, but gifts with a T, gifts as well would be nice. Um, so yeah, I'll be having surgery on my vocal cords shortly. So if anyone wants to send me nice, <laughs> nice words and pictures and shit, Please do, because I'm I'm a tad nervous, but you see that mind power. 
that mind power, I got to really tap into it and really just, one of the things I do with my mind power is I just don't align myself with certain storylines for myself. Like at one point, I was dating somebody I should not date. And I was like, damn, like, what if I end up having a baby for this person, but then they get arrested and then they're in jail and I got the baby and they're in jail. And I was like, you know what? That's not your story. (laughs) And I just gave that back to the universe. That's not my story. That's it. I've decided that that's a very valid and effective method for determining your destiny. That was presented to me as a pitch, but universe, I'm not accepting that pitch. So that's not my story. And you send it back and you also move different because the universe sent you that pitch to let you know this pitch pitch is, is foreshadowing. So make a move. Last M, munchies. So a lot of us, when we are sad, we eat. And then we're sad that we're eating. And then we feel like we're doing ourselves a disservice by what we're eating. And then that makes us even more sad. So what are you munching on? You know? Then there's, other, then there's the other side of us who get sad and don't eat at all. And then we're malnourished. We are lacking the nutrients that we need to process the chemicals that we need to even get happy. So what are you munching on? This is real. Like because of my vocal issues and my acid reflux, I've had to become basically vegan. I mean, I've had to just get into a plant-based diet and It has been not as difficult as I kind of thought it would be. It's also not necessarily permanent, even though it might end up being that way. But I can feel like just my body feels different because of what I'm putting in it. Like I haven't had sugar in three weeks, which is badonkles. Like I am the C's candies, peanut brittle queen. So what I am having a conversation with myself about though, is that, okay, at some point I do want to introduce sugar back in because I just want to live my best life, but I just want to be more conscious about like, well, what, like what sugar are you going to introduce back in? Cause I'm a candy fanatic. So all the Haribo, all the, 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 the gummy bears, all of that shit, like I'm here for it. But it's like, as I'm getting older, I'm like, you can't have it all in that space. Because when you get in those lows, you start eating just that shit and it doesn't serve you. So what are you serving yourself? And this goes back to that same podcast that got me off the couch from Jessica Lanyadu, where she said, don't abandon yourself. And the way that I interpreted that, the way that I internalized that was that ultimately we have to save ourselves. And I think a lot of us don't think we can do that. Because in our minds, saving ourselves is like a whole big thing. And the truth of the matter is, you don't got to be fucking Kate Winslet on that goddamn door in the Titanic. There was room. There was room. So both you, yourself, and you can fit on that door. Yes, y'all can. Yes, y'all can. All of a sudden, I started talking about Latasha Brown. By the way, if you haven't listened to our episode, Side Effects of Black Voters with Latasha Brown, 
please make it your business. It is absolutely incredible. She is a phenomenal woman. She is a political strategist from Alabama and she has been doing incredible work. And I feel like she's only becoming like more available and more aware to the like general public in this election, but whatever, nothing before it's time. Cause baby, we got to know about Miss Latasha Brown and she is a gift to us all. So please make sure to listen and check out that episode. But I digress. Not abandoning yourself involves all of these things that we're talking about and knowing that they're all tools that you always have in some shape, way, or form. When I heard her say, don't abandon yourself, what I heard was, I have power to get out of this. That's what it processed and translated to, that I have power to get out of this and that I got to just tap into that somehow and that I've done enough practice to know how to tap into that and that I just need to let myself use my practice. And that's what the boxing was. Because for a lot of us, we put things in place before this pandemic to help us through. For me, it was boxing. It was Reiki. It was massage. Um, I also do affirmations, therapy. And it can feel like, damn, like I'm doing all these things. Yes, because we're living all this life and it does require maintenance. But in the midst of COVID, I can't go to the gym, the boxing gym, because they in there talking about hydrochloroquine and not wearing masks. Get yeah. out of here. I can't get Reiki because I know that you can do virtual Reiki, but it doesn't do the same thing for me as being physically there. And my, and my Reiki specialist, like just her space and her interaction, like it's its own thing. Shout out to Tiffany. And then there's massage. Like, and I haven't gotten to see my, my masseuse Leticia in a minute. And I will tell you that all of these things come from privilege, like that I've been able to like even access these things. I didn't have these things when I was broke as shit living in Harlem, which by the way, it's like people forget that like, I wasn't like, I'm, there are celebrities that are born rich. Like I'm, I don't, I had a woman on Instagram today talk about like Amanda Seals, you just so privileged little celebrity. You think that it's so tough for you. And I'm like, bitch, I was just talking about voting. I was saying that we all need to vote. Like, and yes, sometimes it is tough for me because I'm a fucking cancer Virgo. And until you live in my head, you can't tell me what's tough for me. People really think that because you got to check that shit ain't tough for you. And it's like, everything is relative. Um, But... (laughs) Let me digress again and just say that, uh, well, that's it's not a digression. Everyone has their struggles. Everyone has their versions of difficulty, but also everyone has their versions of ways out of that that are healthy and you got to decide what those are for you. And I hope that this episode gave you some insight into those pathways. And, you know, I think it'd be dope if you, you know, suggest any ones that you, that you have of your own. For those of you all who are members of SFB Society, it would be dope for you guys to share that at an SFB Society because, you know, that's the community of like exchange. That's the beauty of that exchange. My mom always says your generation is different because you talk about your pain. You don't just suffer in silence. And a lot of us have to find new methods of dealing with this pain. Mine has been painting and DJing. Mine has been getting back to affirmations and listening to Paulo Coelho's Warrior of Light again, eating differently, playing with my dog, getting back to watching movies that I like, like Crimson Tide starring Denzel Washington. I love submarine movies. Love them. I went and took a firearm class yesterday. Not yesterday, the other day. Turns out I'm a fucking marksman. I'm like really good at guns and aiming. So, but that made me feel a lot more empowered and doing things that make me feel that way, you know? So 
just know, guys, like we're in a long haul and shit is tough and you're not a dummy or weak. You're not weak for feeling any of the feelings you're feeling right now of powerlessness, of hopelessness, of uncertainty. I would also like to add, you're stronger than you think. The last dose. In this mind power space, there's also like figuring out what your motivators are. Maybe that's another M. Maybe that's a bonus M. Motivations. What motivates you? Because you know what ultimately has motivated me? Like once she said, don't abandon yourself. All those things I've said, like those definitely came into mind. But I think, you know what? The other thing was saving myself doesn't just mean like saving myself from my funk. Right now it means saving myself from this country. And I know that I want to get out of here at some point. And I know that I have to have the power to do that. And that my way of doing that is my creativity. So my motivator became, you got to get, you got to pull the kite in, get your feet back on the ground, because that's where you create from when you're doing the work that gets you out of here. It's not where you create from when you're doing the work that gets you like in a good space, right? So you do that too. But I know that I have to have my feet planted to have my livelihood thriving. That's just Amanda. And I was like, you got to get back to that because you got to save yourself from this place. And maybe that sounds defeatist to some of y'all. Maybe that sounds um, hyperbolic, but I've read history and I've, I, I have a mother who wanted, when she was 19 was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm leaving Grenada. I'm going to go get a, I'm going to nursing school in London. And she got off the plane in a sundress in, in winter because it was time to go. And I think a lot of Americans feel like there's nowhere for us to live outside of America and thrive. And that is not the case. And so many people in this world have had to flee, have had to relocate, have had to be refugees, have had to find new lives in new places because shit got fucked up. And, you know, my homegirl sent me this the other day and it was incredible. And it's from an email like that she's a part of and um, like an email group. And this is just an excerpt and it said, Solastalgia, as Al Brecht defined it in a 2004 essay, is quote unquote manifest in an attack of, of one's sense of place, in the erosion of the sense of belonging, parentheses identity, to a particular place and a feeling of distress, parentheses psychological desolation, about its transformation. In short, it is a form of homesickness one gets when one is still at home. It's a word that has started to be used more frequently in recent years, particularly in the context of climate change. And perhaps it describes some of the destabilizing sorrow you've experienced as the ash rains down and fire burns in every direction. Now, this was in relation to specifically like Californians, but I think we cannot, we, the world has been on fire, you know, whether it's Minneapolis or, you know, all over the the world in literal and figurative ways for a minute, but in a real way for the last six months. So that idea of having homesickness while at home is real. And the craving of wanting to gain stability 
for that ultimately I think was the final push to make me say like, yeah, bitch, you do got to save yourself because I'm not depending on Biden and Kamala to save us. I'm going to vote for them because I think they are a key to us saving ourselves in the long run. But in the ways in which we are right now, I need something faster. And ultimately that's going to come from me. And me is the final M. Uh, Just a side note that came from Brendan. So I'm not taking credit for that. It's a team here. It's a team. Star Brains Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.